I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Hello, who's in the room with us today? I think we have about four Mind users, five including myself. This is Missy Nomer, and I wanted to say hello to Dream Eater, who we have on today. Another Minds user, as well as Brett Capel and Cartman One and Satori B. Yeah, hello. Hi, guys. So, I'm glad that we all got together today, and I really was um, hoping to share this third eye ride experience that we all can relate to in a bunch of different ways. And to quote something that Dream Eater had posted on his page, you know, the experiences we share, they're our own personal experiences and philosophies, and we share them with each other. So I just wanted to... Wow. What happened? Observation and contemplation show that the mind cannot be described as a physical thing can be described. All experiences are in mind, are perceived in mind, are contained in mind. Where else would they be? If sensory experiences are translated in the brain, how can it be known for sure what is out there? How can it be known for sure beyond a shadow of doubt that one's man's image of the world is the same as another's? Dream Eater. Yeah, hello. Okay, um, the reason I worded it like that was because I wanted to make the reader question their own existence and sort of look within and um, none of those questions can be answered by someone who believes themselves to be the body image. Mind is assumed to be something that man possesses. The nearest that is possible to appreciate mind would be to consider it space or void. Mind is space in the sense that all things are contained in space. Uh, you and the world around you are cr all created by your awareness, not your mind. Your mind is just an experience of awareness and awareness is limitless. Yeah, so that's- That's exactly why I wanted to have everyone on and talk about the third eye ride. The, the, the third eye ride, the title really applies to all sorts of dimensional experiences i feel like i've i've experienced them myself through trauma i think that was how i accessed accessed my third eye awareness the portal was like direct ascension to that but it was like a blessing and a curse and like i suffer dream wise because of it i think but learn to because of the suffering ultimately find you know a tool in that but the sleeplessness <laughs> is what drew me to your name. I, I have to say, because I go through that and deal with it. And I think not through altered states, uh, maybe with any other, even in waking life, I feel like the, the access is there for third eye awareness. Some people can tap into it and are really sensitive. So I'm really glad that you came on and, and some of the stuff that draw me, drew me to your work was the way that you articulate the dimensional energy that you can shift through without feeling attachment to any emotional state, which is something that I feel like I've had to do in dreams emotionally to survive. Like it's a, it's a real feeling, whether it's a feeling of falling or dying or 
you know, you have to wrap yourself around it. So. Yeah, you you experience those things, uh, whether or not anyone else experiences them, you do. And um, some people will say to you, but you were only dreaming. But um, as memories show us, um, you know, dreams are no different to our memories. Like if we reflect back on, say, our childhood and um, then a dream state, there's really no difference. When, because we're making it real now in the moment by a thought, kind of like how everything else comes around. And I can relate to how you said um, you sort of got trauma from your dream experiences because it got it did get to a point there where even myself, I was getting lost in my own dreams and sort of experiencing all, all sorts of um, you know traumatic things like dying. Even um, dying didn't come much of a problem. It was. What I don't like now is um, lucid dreams and just getting stuck in sort of this feel that there's this just infinite loop playing over and over again. And it, it, you can actually get stuck in a dream state where you're sitting there just waiting to wake up. And it's such a strange feeling. That's the yeah. state of my, I would say the majority are loop dreams. Yeah, uh, they're the ones that um, troubled me the most. But um, the thing is, as I, as I look back on the experiences, say uh, one that I didn't like, you wake up you know, out of the experience and, and you're kind of are pretty upset about it. And um, as the day goes on, it sort of like, you know, fades into the back of your mind and then the next day comes and then, you know, I just look at it as just another experience uh, and just kind of move on. And I think if you get to attach to any one dream or any one experience, you become stagnant and you sort of, close yourself off to having other experiences because if you if you're always thinking about just the same dream or the same thing that happened you're not you're not leaving much more room for anything else if that makes any sense i yeah. would i would yeah, I like to interject yeah. for one second here and just say that a dream is but a dream and that you know you must keep that in mind although we we constantly try to interpret our dreams and we try to walk through our dreams and use our dreams and you know eat those dreams right up right but you know i must say that you know there is a part of it that is just something beyond what we can really i don't know how can you really comprehend it and how are you going to what are you going to do with it that's what I'd like. Well, I think his name brings a, it suggests a really good question, which is is what I wanted to ask everyone. Literally, could you and do you or are you able to digest your dreams literally? Because not not just that I have trauma from these types of loop dreams, I have access kind of the dimensional third eye awareness in waking life as a common state because of the trauma that happened as a child. So my dreams are loop PTSD dreams where even though a dream is but a dream is but a dream, to a certain extent what he's saying I believe I relate to when I'm actually physically going through these things and in this realm only my partner tells me I'm, I'm sitting up and talking to him at the same time and I'm describing to him no I was asleep we were in another dimension <laughs> so there's definitely something going on in my brain activity where even though it's a dream I'm still moving talking and doing things and sometimes feel awake in both places at once 
Yeah, um, I, I think I can uh, relate to that as well. I think when you sort of become aware to a certain degree, a sleeping state doesn't become a sleeping state anymore because your mind or your awareness is never at rest. So um, yeah, it can be like a double-edged sword because it feels like you don't yourself get any rest because you go from waking life to a dream state where you're, where it's as real as um, normal life. And people that aren't having like in-depth dreams where you can actually taste and touch and smell, which is completely possible because I'm telling you, that's like, you can either believe me or not, but that's the dreams I have. Like if I'm eating in my dreams, I can taste the food. Mm-hmm. This is this right. is important. Like you said, like some people, like this is the key. You said if they get to the point where this point of sleeping state is sleepless, which is what I, I've achieved at having PTSD so severely, then it's a waking state. And that's when being awake becomes confusing because I really don't know if I'm still dreaming. And it is very active and it's very can be very, very confusing. And there's times where I have precognitive dreams. You know, I've talked with Fretz before. We've, we've talked about that. And that's almost, you know, a combination of things that you expect to happen and being somewhat in a little bit of a time rip where you're either having a precognitive, you know, feeling or thought or you perhaps it's meshing with a dimension that's re- literally right alongside you, you know, laughing at you. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough ride. The precog, the precog dreams. I have a lot of them, and it it makes me question: Am I am in these dreams? Am I thinking about something's going to happen, happen, or am I actually programming what is happening in reality? Now, you see, our egos can't program something, but our awareness can. So, if perhaps these precognitive dreams aren't really sort of you looking into the future, but perhaps you programming. Well, then you've got to face your own self for all that, my friend. So let's ask, Fred. That's <laughs> a good point. Let's ask everyone else. Like, can you digest your dreams? And do you dream? Do you eat your dreams? Are you an eater of dreams? Some people don't remember their dreams. Oh, I do everything with my dreams. It's it's pretty much. But at this point in my life, I've learned how to control my dream state. And for the most part, my dreams are a walk in the park because I've had too many nightmares in my many years. So, yes, I do control my dream state to quite a degree. It's not good. I wouldn't encourage anyone to do it, but I do. Yeah, I I agree. I think we both do, yeah, as well. What about you guys, Satori and and Cartman? What about you? I think... um, you know, the way I see it with dreaming, it's a kind of, uh, although some dreams can be terrifying and, you know, we experience nightmares sometimes, they are an opportunity to break with the ego self, which is why that if you were in a dream, you might sort of, you know, in your third dimensional waking life, you might say, well, yeah, I was running around naked and I didn't care because it was just a dream. Everybody was looking at me, but it didn't really bother me for some reason. And it's like when we we see people in dreams and they represent certain people in the dream. It could be your husband, it could be your mother or uncle, but they look nothing like your uncle or your husband or your mother, you know, in the dream. Yet, you know, in the dream that they represent that. Yes, yes. But the the point I was going to make was 
things can happen in dreams. It's like you can experience things. You can break from the ego. You know, for example, I use use the example of having a dream of being naked and not caring about it in the dream. Yet, if you were alive and you suddenly woke up somewhere and you were naked and you were in public, you might be embarrassed. But the only reason you're embarrassed is because of your ego, because society tells you that it's not normal to be naked in public. If you didn't have an ego, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't probably wouldn't care to a, to a certain extent, perhaps. Of course not. Extreme. You wouldn't care. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. But, but, point. But what I'm think, what I'm trying to say is, I think dreams are an opportunity to work through issues that we're experiencing in our waking life um, and have a break from the ego. So, kind of a like. They're a form of respite, which sounds ridiculous to someone who's having regular nightmares because they're saying, "Well, there's there's no respite there. I'm 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 having this re- no, repetitive a- dream of a nightmare. How can it possibly be respite?" But even the negative dreams or the dreams that we perceive as as nightmares are working us through the through the garbage. So mm-hmm. I think that would be my view on it. I I feel that. It's it's a chance for us to break from the ego self. As yeah, kind of a I, I, I completely for agree. For when we become more evolved, and then we can just transcend the ego in our waking life. And obviously, when people pass away, they break from the ego and they look back at what they've done and they think, "Well, yeah, I could have probably done that a bit better. I could have uh, improved on that." You know, kind of like a they look at all the things that they've done within that lifetime, but from yeah. a non-ego perspective from a non, non-ego position if that makes sense it, it makes me think um sort of people say people that don't dream are they going to face all these things at the time of their death because uh, as you were saying um uh, you do work through your anxieties and fears and fear of death in your dreams and i've done a lot of that and it sounds like fritz has done a lot of that and it does get to the point where you can just sort of like take these experiences on your stride and just sort of have them and then forget about them and move on to the next thing. And um, yeah, they, they helped me a lot because I used to get a bit of anxiety, probably from the amount of psychedelics I used to do, like DMT and things like that. But um, it was actually the dream states that helped me, the really far out ones, because I would have these sort of so bizarre dreams where like the void type ones where you lose yourself and it, and it feels like it, it takes forever to get back to where you are and then wake up again. And then when you finally wake up, you're so happy to be back here. You, you, you kind of, all your anxieties are gone about life. Yeah, definitely on DMT. I mean, but you know, there is the other spectrum of it too. You know, you can go the natural way. And not to say DMT isn't, I, I won't say that at all. But, you know, as far as like mushrooms, well, let's just say mushrooms, because peyote is just a whole different, that's a whole different trip, you know, but mushrooms are quite the rule, they can be, well, depending on how you dose them, they can be anything from just a, a, a good relaxant to a, a mind-blowing experience that just opens you up and uh, actually can open up your third eye. Yeah, and I think you can, um, like you said, uh, I was actually suggesting, I wasn't saying that I got everything through my DMT states. I've actually, uh, lately in the last, say, 
two years and probably about two and a half years it's been since I haven't had any any DMT but my dream states have just like escalated so much in the last two years since I stopped and I think that was because probably because of the DMT use sort of like unlocked my dream state somehow and but I feel I've learned more through my actual dream states than I did through the DMT use See, that's what I was going to say, too, and why I relate to your work, regardless of, of having used, I mean, I have used psychedelics as a kid, but not so much, not so much as an adult with DMT or anything like that. But at what Fretz was saying, there's certain access points you have, like through trauma, like I did, where the third eye awareness was very prominent for me. Um, that became relatable to your work and even your photography where I was seeing a lot of duality mirrored images and kind of almost Rorschach ink blot very like subconscious type of third eye um, inviting kind of imagery that relaxes your your focus you don't have a direct image put in front of you but perhaps one that's gonna play on your subconscious you know like an ink blot test and I really appreciated that and you know it is there for people that outside of psychedelics which is one way to to access obviously you know your third eye ride there's other ways in experiences that people have um you know when they come close to death that's another time they experience uh that kind of awakening or you know access to these types of dream states where you're in control where you're lucid dreaming and you're you're okay with letting go or uh, afterlife or a different life or continual loop like that's something I accepted with my dream state because it's very sleepless but I have questions for example for like the common person I think all of us in this room can relate we're pretty advanced with dreaming and these types of states of altered you know either awareness or third eye you know awareness and I think I'm curious, like for people that don't really tap into their dreams, study their dreams, or, you know, maybe aren't as advanced. I know like for myself, dream dream journals helped, of course, because I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would need to get it out. And if I couldn't write, I would just do, make like a memo, a voice memo and do write it later. But as far as helping other people get to the point where they're not just keeping dream journals to start, but moving towards like lucid dreaming or navigating in that state, is there anything that you can recommend besides that you, because you're saying that you've actually had more breakthroughs in not necessarily the use specifically of the altering substance, but necessarily more of the ride of the dream state. And that's interesting to me. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, when I stopped, say, exploring with DMT, it's kind of weird how it's like my dreams just picked up where I left off with DMT, and it sort of made me face my problems even more. See, because with DMT, when you have it, you completely lost from your ego, but with your dreams, it's sort of, it's a lot more harder to sort of work through your ego. You have to dig at it slowly, and, um, you know, you do it. Gradually I think that's everything. what I mean for people that are not using these t- advanced tools, right? That are maybe dream journaling and trying to move like through the steps of maybe self-reflection or studying their subconscious. Are there other things you recommend that you've tried? Because I think getting more people to focus on their dream state and take it seriously 
is really key. A lot of people dismiss dream state like it's nothing. And I think it's a huge tool for understanding humans and the subconscious and everything. Yeah, well, sometimes I wonder what would happen if everyone was having, say, as in-depth dreams as like we are or as in-depth dreams as I do because you wouldn't have people sort of going to psychiatrists or psychologists for like help and that sort of thing because, I mean, it, it, it becomes like a contradiction. Why would you go to someone else to fix your problems, your internal problems that they can't help with? I mean, the, the only way you can work through your problems is by facing I agree. Facing with you completely and say that this is a big reason why I think it's a slippery slope to go to psychologists and therapists and things, especially when they practice so much infiltration of the mind, including the last time I spoke about this, when I walked into my last new therapist's office, they offered me hypnosis, even after I said I survived a form of mind control. And then he goes on to tell me they're not linked or related. Now, I thought this guy either doesn't know what he's talking about or he's just trying to, you know, make it. Maybe he thinks I'm naive. So I say to him again that I'm really not interested. And then he goes on to say this. It doesn't hypnotize you completely. It just puts you in a more relaxed. And I stop him because I say that (laughs) the form of putting you in a suggestive state is a form of mind control. I'm sorry if you don't understand. And I had to be like, no, thank you. <laughs> so it is a slippery slope. Yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah, I've kind of, um, I've been to like, I kind of went to a psychologist for fun. And they basically, it ended with um, them telling me, oh, well, it, I was saying to them, like, how can you help me? And they, they end up agreeing with you because ultimately they can't. I, I, I like getting them to admit it. It was like a hobby of mine that they can't help me. And then they're saying, well, why are you here then? You, you, know sound, what I mean? you like, sound like me. You want to know what my answer for them is when they say, oh, you seem like you have like done so, you're so advanced with like the things that you do with. And I, it's always entertaining to them. And I find it kind of funny. And so yeah. when, when they ask me, well, then why are you here? Because you seem like you're so charming or, you know, like you can articulate what you go through. Uh, I say, no, no, it's more the symptoms don't actually help it's more it's more helpful to enter the imaginarium that to me was something that as a gift satori gave to me extended that finding that spark in the darkness like literally one there was one day i came out of the er and i was like i feel like i almost died and i was just like i'm just gonna enter the imaginarium in my mind you know and i did it was the day i met cranky and got him on minds he's been posting every day since then what's up cranky you know <laughs> So it was a, another alternative to dying, which by the way, sleep, I think is what represented by Morpheus, right? No, uh, um, his hypnosis, the, was it the son or the brother of, I know they're related, death and sleep. And one of the things I did hear was if our bodies didn't go into dream state, we would die because we, our body couldn't handle it. And I think that some of us experience this while sleeping. It's no longer restful, like you said, you know? And and we learn to play with it. Like you and I don't have attachments to it. And I know Satori, he's had some really interesting ones. I can't even, I've never imagined visiting like an, um, an ancient civilization or anything like that. But those types of things I find fascinating because I deal with all the dark loops and and portals and cycles and dual dimensions 
but that's okay because that's just what I got used to. It wasn't always like that, <laughs> you know. Sometimes there's a break in that, but, well, but it is a tool, you know. Well, I think this goes back to、uh, digesting dreams. It seems to me, in regular, what I will call like regular dreaming, it's kind of like defragging of the mind, and it's like it seems when you when you view the regular like dreaming, it's putting like memories with new memories, but it goes to this digesting of dreams is kind of digesting of these unconscious tape loops that are maybe tethering you to. To your ego, or or to something, because I've had several different dreams, and much like Dream Eater, I've my most important, maybe lack of a better word, visions and or lessons have been taught to me in my dreams, even though I have done a fair amount of psychedelics. Same, same. And, and so it seems like the mind is is going through this natural process of. Um, organizing the the brain, like you know, just like physically, what happens in your dreams, putting like memory with like memory to kind of run a little bit more efficiently. But there's some things that are maybe traumatic to you, maybe things you are not ready for, and you block them, and so it kind of messes up this process. And what the dreams kind of tell you, like one time, I, I've told this story before. I was I was reading a lot of.、Uh, Um, Zen literature and, and kind of like meditating a lot and getting really into Zen uh, Buddhist uh, Eastern philosophy and all this kind of stuff. And as I was going more into it, I was like, surely、um, all my psychedelic experiences are not what the Buddha experience of enlightenment. And I'm I'm I was very determined to have to sit under a tree and wait for enlightenment, just like the Buddha did. And so I fasted.、Uh, I only had water, and the first day was really hard because my mind was just like going all over the place. Second day was fairly easy—not easy, but I was able to not stop my mind, but able to stop interfering with this process of my thoughts. And then the third day, I felt very weak. Like、uh, my, my body felt very weak, but my mind felt. Pretty clear and strong, and I just had this silent knowing that I needed to lay down and let go. And so I I laid down and I put my hands over over my chest, and I never blanked out in consciousness. My consciousness started to float above my body. Like my experience of it was that I was viewing my body in, in third person, like me laying down right there. And then it started to, then I started to view my backyard. Then I started to view my house, my neighborhood. Then like you know the the west west coast, then the United States, and kept on going further and further and further. And I had no thoughts. It was just this kind of going with the flow. And then I got it was kind of funny guy. I get like stopped by some. Shadow entity, and it and it didn't voice anything to me, but there's this intuitive understanding that it was kind of like an ancestor or 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 somebody that I I had familiar relationship with, and it told me, "What are you doing?" It didn't tell me; it just communicated non-verbally to me, like, "Oh, you shouldn't be here." I was like, "But no," but I and I kind of didn't. It wasn't words, but I just 
commuted this feeling that no i want to go to the white light and then it said no you're not ready for that you shouldn't go and the, it's the experience had no words to it i'm just piecing it into words to communicate it to everybody but as the minute i got closer to it and there was something in me that was like oh what about you know you're never gonna see your family again if, like there's this other silent knowledge this intuitive knowledge that oh i'm not gonna really see and anybody again like my grandma my mom and with every thought and feeling it kept pushing me back pushing me back until i went back into my body and then i which is funny because later on in other experiences i had the same uh physical sensation when i came back which it was it was tingling like a tingling when your leg falls asleep but of the whole body and i kind of i kind of like freaked out a little bit and i was like oh i just need to go eat like i don't think i have time to like process what just happened <laughs> and then i was like oh i think i went too far and then and then but later i'm uh, reflecting it it was like an allegory of because later I had had several different dreams in which it was like kind of the same thing, but it, it was illustrated differently to me. And from there, it seems the dreams are trying to let you process your your awareness and your ego, so you can tap, so that so that you can learn, not learn, I don't know, so that you can get access to this. I guess the best way for me that makes the most sense. That's to a me, good word, access. Yeah. Uh, the non-local awareness, the non-local consciousness, because I kind of view everything as consciousness. I think consciousness is a seamless everything, and it goes to this old term of the the dream time or dreaming that a lot of uh, indigenous cultures had, and if you take what they what they're saying and maybe take away a, a little bit of the myth but the essence of what they're saying is that that dream time the void is where everything came from and that that this dreaming is the place of where creation started and it, and they go into stories exactly how modern science talks about how the big bang started how in the void all of a sudden the 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 from dark thing came something. Yeah, the the void the or the darkness. The, dark, the spark in the darkness <laughs> started to illuminate, and then it then it exploded, and it started to do the dance of Shiva of creating and annihilating and creating and annihilating. And I think us, because I, I kind of view things fractally, that our individual experiences and awareness are this kind of same similar thing of this creating and annihilating, creating and annihilating of certain experiences and this is kind of goes back to it dream eater was saying i i believe about not to get so caught up on the dreams or, or expecting it kind of like what what i view uh not not um to not cling in the eastern philosophy it's not that you ignore it is that you feel it so you experience the the experience so fully that you're ready to let go and go on to the next one so there's another great saying that says uh, the dream is not real, but the dreaming is, and this kind of goes into whatever you're. That's a that's a really good one. That's a that's what yeah. I've been trying to explain. That it may not be a real thing, but to the person having the experience, it feels very real, especially if it's traumatic. That's the best. Yeah. 
right? I there. can relate to a lot of what um, Satori said, what Dan said, especially with the um, sort of going to that boundary in your dream where if you feel if you went any further and you are actually invited well I got to the point where these sort of I guess you could call them entities invite me to continue on and say like come with us and I got the exact same feeling as um, Satori where I thought if I go with you then I lose everything sort of back there and I'm ready you told me that about your family I remember you said that to me and you had to make sort of a decision yeah. yeah yeah this is it's like a recurring thing for me it's like I went so far I mean I'm just speaking from my personal experiences and people might interpret it another way but it's like I went so far beyond to the at least to the boundary of who I am as a human being that I went off it and then was invited then to say okay well if you want to move on now then you have to leave that behind and I was like, well, I'm not ready to leave that behind then, you know, and you and you end up waking back up, back up here. And then that's where, like, that's where it makes me think about death. Like maybe death, you won't even remember your death in the way that you won't physically, you just transition to somewhere else and not even know that you had left anything behind and sort of forget that that was ever there. That's, that's something that I really wanted to bring up too. And I know, Satori, you were in the middle of reading something because I still want to hear the other part of it too. And the, the thing that is weird to me is what you just said applies to kind of what we were dealing with. Okay, so when we said in our last chat, we were talking about, I think the direct question you said, what happens to the ego after death? Does it go on? And I remember when I'm talking with you about these concepts about the spirit and protecting spirits and we've talked about reincarnation and rituals in the past that people went through these processes that were violent and horrific but did they need to and I was saying like maybe they did at the time you know to access this now we have a a different ability to access this information but specifically in walks the scorpion right and I say to you we just practically summon this little dude because th- there's a couple things that I follow other than signs from animals because that's to me just being connected with your surroundings. But I, I really did feel like you were probably a water sign and I asked if you were and I wasn't surprised our birthdays were a few days apart. And I said to you after you know asking if your partner was a water sign, I said to you that I wouldn't be surprised if her birthday was the same as Satori's, if not off by a day, right? And I happened to be spot on. And we started talking about having the same people around you in your vicinity, energy-wise, whether or not they're, but I brought it up that I believe you can have like the same people around you in one existence, they're your neighbor, in another dimension, they're maybe a past lover. The point being was we were talking about all of this when the scorpion walked in. And then I said I wanted to look up the totem definition for the scorpion as we were also talking about drug-induced altered states. And when I looked it up and it said that it was a symbol of... I mean, for one thing, we're talking about the third eye ride, right? And it in the summary said it was about the third eye, about reincarnation, about 
what we were talking about psychic gifts like literally i was literally asking you if your partner's birthday was the same as satori's i just felt like this feeling but we're also focusing on you asked specifically of that question about the ego being reincarnated now here's this little guy that i feel like we summoned up because he's just in the room with me looking at me no one else wants to go get him and i'm like hold on i gotta go get him and take him outside you know i i look up what he represents and after it said you know that he was in the past revered by like shamans as a, a sacred for their sting induced toxins and we're like talking about this stuff and and altering your consciousness and it was a spirit guide like very much like the lizard you know to the shamanic view of watching the lizard and just being really aware but also summoning dream state realms and spirit realms and that was in the definition that we were literally talking about this and it says like it can even be prophetic and and it it also symbolizes new directions for sure but getting away from bad ones and the thing that's interesting to me was when you bring together different talk of dimensional spirit type of things that's when i feel like you really have the ability to channel which i believe we did because it's a symbol to me like the last time it happened to me a snake came in my room or a praying mantis and i will just say to myself okay i'm just gonna look it up just to see and it ha happens to pertain to what i'm doing at that moment like when it was praying mantis i was studying something i was taking my time to do it i was taking my time to act when the snake came in it was ancestry that i was studying specifically i felt like my kundalini was rising and i was getting visits from my ancestors so the scorpion again just to kind of sum it up is to me a total representation of the dream state underworld and reincarnation and representation of it coming together talking about it and manifesting right before my eyes i couldn't believe it i mean i could believe it because that stuff happens to me often but in a way i had to tell you i can't believe this just happened yeah it was uh, um yeah i was there when when it happened but it, it is amazing and sort of you the more you um look for patterns in the world the more you see them it, and it's like they're all there and um yeah if you look for them you'll notice more and more and it kind of blows your mind to know that like the universe does seem to complicate itself further the more you look into it because it kind of has to uh in the same way that um you know how uh, astrologists look into space right and they think space is expanding well what i think is happening is their mind like them looking into space is what is expanding the space like it's not really there so just them looking at it is is the very thing that's making it expand but it's, it, but it's not really there you know what I, does that make sense yeah about the ego about the ego um i was speaking to missy about the ego and what happens after death i think perhaps your awareness moves on to something else but that's not to say that you as sort of like say uh damien or dream eater as an experience will still exist and will still be experienced by awareness but awareness will just be experiencing something else or from perhaps it'll experience it from like my wife's perspective or like 
what I'm trying to say is you'll never know what you're going to be looking at next. You know what I mean? Or the scorpion. <laughs> that's what I, that's how I took him. I said that was a symbol to me of how it can manifest you can be manifest in another like form, not necessarily I mean who's to say if he has a little ego? I can't say, but I feel like in some way the energies put back in whether or not it's the ego that survives. I don't think the ego can survive that. I think that that unless there's some trauma that happens where you're caught in between a state of confusion as a soul like i do believe that can happen and i don't even mean religiously i just mean like if something traumatic happens and you're in the middle of doing something very important right that you can be kind of caught in a weird in between state and one friend that i have that passed away i i remember they came to me in a dream i think i was telling you this and i was living in at the time in a woman's house a haitian woman she said in her culture it's very traditional that usually happens and comes to the youngest in the house and the reason for that is they're the most open energy wise and i happened to be taking a nap in her bed when he came to my dream and we had a conversation and there was a message that he told me to give to someone so i ran down the stairs while everyone's putting together his memorial and freaked everyone out because i when i wake up i still feel like i'm dreaming like i said it's one prolonged dream so i walk down the stairs half asleep run like run into the main room they're planning the funeral services it's the family of the guy who <laughs> passed away that i'm dreaming of who was my ex of like 10 years his best friend so he just randomly came to me to give me this message but when i ran down the stairs i said this and it shocked everyone i'm sure their faces look like they seen a ghost. I said I just talked to so and so, the person that just died. I just talked to Eddie. And the woman everyone was horrified their faces because his family was there. I think they <laughs> there was confusion off the top. But the woman, the Haitian woman grabbed me by the hand. She pulled me aside and she said in my culture and in traditionally this is really important please tell me the message that he gave you it usually comes to the youngest in the house my daughter is away you were in her bed this is very symbolic to me so i broke it down for her and i told her the exact message it turned out that this message that i received to someone to i didn't know who it was it was a friend of his that he had been trying to get a hold of that he grew up with who later became a cop he didn't actually say goodbye to him before he had died i think because he was suffering from like a paranoid delusional state it makes sense if he was in law enforcement he would never reached out to him so in my dream he simply wanted me to tell him that he's sorry that he didn't contact him and I, this was someone i didn't know i didn't know the guy who became a cop this was what after i shared the message to the friends and family his brother for example pulled me aside and said there is someone with that name There is someone that's been trying to reach him that he didn't understand why he never got a call before and I said, "Well, here's the message for him." I think his name was Jimmy. My point being, it made made sense to me later if this person became a law enforcement officer that my friend was suffering from a paranoid delusional state and wouldn't have before he died reached out to him to give him the message himself. But I I I received it for some reason and it was kind of a little overwhelming when I ran down the stairs. And I was still half asleep, so I think I shocked everyone, but except for the woman, she understood, you know, and thanked me for sharing it with her and I felt like I wasn't such a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that I guess that comes down to sort of like yeah, that whole shamanic thing where you're going into wherever that information can be accessed and then pulling it back 
and then you know relating it in waking life and and that that comes i guess i don't see the difference between sort of that and the sort of precognitive type dreams i mean it's all the same sort of thing in the sense that you're getting a message from they somewhere do feel that they do feel the same to me as the precognitive ones yeah. I, it's like I mean, receiving a message very much like that you're right it's yeah totally it's like, like receiving that. a message and then and then it's applied or then it's made real in uh, waking life but as I, as i said before through my precognitive dreams which i mean I, i'm i'm not going to lie and say i have them all the time and and i don't choose to have them they sort of just come and then you don't even know they're precognitive until then you um see the thing actual actually happen in the waking life and then you're like oh wow i dreamed that that happened what was that? i was going to say that i thought to myself at one point after having all these precognitive dreams i thought is it my awareness that's like sort of stitching this stuff into reality i mean it, there's no way so of us that's knowing. what i, I was going to say that so there's a part of you that knows that in a way it's it's kind of like perceiving all realities at once right like we yeah. we've all said that i think that we feel like it's a form of infinity in in a way but the the awareness of the levels of it are what i think create a duality or confusion or sometimes more than a duality is for me i can be like i said talking to my partner while i'm dead asleep in a dream that i'm in another realm talking with people and lucid and all sorts of characters and my partner will say no you don't remember we were talking i opened the window i turned on the water you got out of the bed we were awake i said what like i was like that happened <laughs> so um yeah it's it, it's definitely i think like a tool for people to to use if they can access that kind of awareness but at the same time can be overwhelming Fred did say like it can be what a ride right like to have sleeplessness where i'm stuck in loops but if i didn't accept to a certain degree the learning of letting go and that it not being loss of self more just the ego or the you know that it really becomes uh liberating and a tool for i think like story said access is a good word because it's a lot of people can claim awareness it, it's an access tool to maybe more awareness or something that they didn't even know was defined as awareness the, the the point is it's there some people can access it you know and the third eye ride to me was definitely something that i thought encompassed dreams awareness dual realities and having al- altered experiences from it they're all pretty much related really to you know exploring the mind and that's how we met and i i was drawn to your post on you know what what can the the mind really you know contain and i felt like that was really whether or not i had related to it from the same perspective i had very much appreciated the fact that you did it, it kind of felt like what i was going through dream wise at the time we talked about this with i think it was last night with the show Rick and Morty which is a cartoon it's obviously written by someone that's either having these dimensional dreams or stealing them from somewhere from someone expressing yeah. them because right. they are they are very very vivid and real like some of them are so what was it okay the Cronenberg ec- episode by the way remember when i brought up to you cloud atlas that movie that i said where it was the same group of people around each other i didn't really like the movie 
Okay, but it, it's something about the same group of people being around each other reincarnated in different ways where like, like I said, one person is your neighbor in one life in the next dimension, like sci-fi dimension, they're like your girlfriend. And then like in the old timey dimension, they're like your mom. And so anyways, the point being, I didn't like the movie, but I did notice in Rick and Morty right after I asked you yesterday about Clad or the day before that about the movie if you had seen it that Rick and Morty said it and did a spoof on it and I said what the a like I was <laughs> I was like literally like, okay so I was watching it and as I started watching it further I realized their main thread and this is big is it starts out with an hourglass flying through the sp space it's infinity it's literally loops of dimensional time and awareness and I really love that it's so ridiculous and at the same time kind of spot on with kind of embedding some kind of reality to what it's like to experience this if it's extreme for somebody and if you feel like you go to those places like he says in the Cronenberg episode he goes we can go back at any time we might as well enjoy the effed up version of it for a while and that to me is something we talked about when you're in the dream and you already know at some point you can just bail and you already accept the reality the way that it is you know you can leave at any time there's no real tremendous feeling of fear you know there's not so i liked when he said yeah we can just flip the switch and go back at any time that's not even a big deal why, why leave now what's the hurry <laughs> so uh, yeah, i like that's that exactly right yeah, yeah. I, I mean some people i see you see a lot of it, people sort of crying out for help i mean i guess they're not happy with their lives and this and that when I look at it from my perspective, I, I'm not ready, like I'm having fun, you know what I mean? I'm having fun in my waking life and in my dreams. I see it as all sort of one big experience. I don't think we can rush this, you know what I mean? We can become aware of like different levels of, oh, like Satori said, we can access these different levels of awareness. You're kind of complicating your, I don't know if you're, that's the wrong word maybe I don't know if we're complicating our lives or making it easier but yeah 